Hi everyone, and welcome back to Just Following Up, the podcast that teaches you how to come up with, a sto- with story ideas and pitch them to publications. So today's episode, we're going to talk about the pitching process, how to pitch a reported piece. Um, so when you decide what publication you want to pitch, uh, it's always a good uh practice to search around to see if there's a pitch guide specific to that publication. Uh, A lot of the times editors will tell you exactly how they want to be pitched, which is always great um, and an invaluable resource. Uh, Slate has an article that details how to pitch them on their site It's pretty thorough and applicable to pitching in general. Um, I'll link to it in the corresponding post. Uh, Tim Herrera, the New York Times Smarter Living editor, also wrote an article to teach people how to pitch him. And again, it's really good information for pitching anyone. Uh, Bustle also has an in-depth guide for freelancers trying to pitch them as well. Again, I'll link all of them in the episode's blog post. Uh, So now I'm going to give you some general pointers on writing an effective pitch for a reported piece. I'll start by walking you through Bustle's requirements because they give us a nice skeleton to work from when constructing a pitch. So Bustle's pitch rundown asks for a sample headline, for the piece you're proposing, a two to three sentence description of the angle of the piece, your plan for photos if applicable, sources for the piece that you know you have access to, clips if you have not written for Bustle before, and your standard rate. So I'm gonna walk you through each one of these one by one since some are Bustle specific and some Uh, can be applied to other publications. So the first one, a sample headline for the piece. Uh, I can only recall a headline I suggested being used once by the publication I suggested it to. But that does not mean you shouldn't try to come up with a solid one. Showing editors a catchy title with some SEO-friendly vocabulary in there shows them that the piece has potential. Uh, Plus, it shows that you know and are conscious of the business and analytical side of things. Whether we like it or not, digital publishers are running businesses and traffic equates to a better bottom line. I tend to try to be clever with my headlines, uh, but too clever doesn't work online like it does in print. Uh, Puns are not friendly to the SEO uh, optics. So I like to run headlines through CoSchedule's headline analyzer to make sure I'm not being too oblique. Uh, So I know that it would do decent in search results and it uses the right uh, formula of words. So next is a two to three sentence description of the angle in your proposed piece. This is where you explain how your piece brings a unique take to whatever idea your headline proposed. Uh, 
The headline is the bait and your angle is the hook and your presentation of your hook is how you reel them in. It's what differentiates your proposed story idea from all of the rest of the ideas that are being proposed about that story. And trust me, there's always the rest. Scoops are rare, super rare. An intriguing angle is key. Um, so the next portion, bustle requests you address, is your plan for photos, if applicable. Uh, and, and unless you're planning on pitching a photo essay or an extremely rare event you have photos for, I'd leave out photo details unless they're specifically requested, as Bustle does uh, in their pitch guidelines. Whenever I've written personal essays, the editors will ask me if I could provide photos. Since they've always been photos I've had on hand that I don't go out and take uh, purely for this piece, uh, I don't charge for them, and the publications don't retain rights. I make sure the contract provided by the publication doesn't have any clauses claiming rights to these photos. Uh, we'll talk about contracts in a later episode. Uh, again, for now, we're worried about writing pitches and getting the story assignments before we get into legalities. But one more note about contracts. Most of the publications will provide you with their standard contract it's your due diligence. It's on you to read through it and make sure they're not taking rights uh, that would be really bad for you for you as a writer. Um, it's it's very worrisome when they request that you don't write about uh, a topic that they claim all of your intellectual rights for a topic. That's scary, but I digress. So. Uh, Sources for the piece that you know you have access to. So for reported pieces, it's important to mention specialists you plan to reach out to, sources you've already spoken with, or upcoming events or hard-to-reach people you have access to. For example, messaging Gizmodo saying you'd like to cover the spe SpaceX launch is a whole different story when you have an invitation in hand. Without access, they'll say, yeah, you and everyone else, kid. And that's even if they grace you with a response. I, I use this example because a cousin of mine who worked on Denver's local Fox News station was actually invited to the most recent SpaceX launch and was trying to pitch coverage to different outlets. Uh, I'm not sure what ended up happening with that. I'll have to check back in with him. But... Uh, what made his pitch really strong was the fact that he had an invitation in hand and was going to this regardless if he had an assignment or not. Um, so the point I'm making is make sure your proposed sources and expert interviews are attainable. Don't say you're going to talk to uh, Harry Belafonte about his role in Black Klansmen because chances are you won't be able to. Uh, so sometimes it's necessary to get some of the interviews lined up beforehand, otherwise you don't know if a story is even possible. For example, this was the case with my unpaid intern story for Dame. 
I found interns willing to speak with me before I sent the pitch out. That way I wasn't proposing something that was impossible. Uh, it would be really bad if they had accepted the pitch and then I wasn't able to find anyone to interview. So, um, But however, I did track down my expert source post-acceptance after my editor said she thought the piece needed a specialist take. Uh, and she was absolutely right. Jerian Aretha's input on in that article and her advice on handling that specific situation was invaluable. So then uh, Bustle also asked for clips if uh, you haven't written for them before. I'm, I just shortened this to clips, honestly, since I always include them, even if I've written for the publication before. I just feel it's arrogant and presumptuous to expect a big publication that works with many, many freelancers to remember who you are. Uh, I've never had it where uh, an editor is offended that I think they don't remember me, but I would rather have them be offended that I assumed they didn't know who I was rather than them think I'm presumptuous. But I guess that's just a personal thing. Um, the last requirement Bustle asks for is your standard rate. And honestly... Bustle is the only publication I've heard of that asks this to be included up front. Not saying other publications don't request this along with the pitch, but I've yet to encounter it outside of Bustle. And I'd advise you to not throw out a rate in your pitch. Again, it just feels kind of presumptuous. In my experience, most editors give you a figure if they want your pitch. Like when they respond, giving you an acceptance, they'll have a pitch in line too. Uh, I'll go over negotiating rates in a later episode. For now, we'll focus on perfecting those pitches. So Tim Her Herrera, editor of New York Times Smarter Living, is careful to clarify in his article on pitching him which, again, I'll link to, that a bad pitch is not the same thing as a bad story idea. And this is really important to remember. Just because an editor rejects a pitch doesn't mean the story doesn't have merit. It just means you need to rework the pitch and make it more enticing or to address overlooked portions or angles or other details. Herrera lists in his article some of the reasons your pitch may have been rejected, such as you pitched the wrong outlet. Uh, this may seem like a no-brainer, but you'd be surprised. Some uh, outlets actually have political slants that uh, kind of go below the surface, and so if you pitch a super conservative piece to, let's say, the Boston Globe magazine, they're probably... They're going to be a little wary of it. Not saying they won't take it, but they'd probably be more skeptical. Uh, another item he lists is you pitched the wrong editor. This goes back to uh, knowing the correct editor for each vertical at a publication. If you pitched, let's say, Tim Herrera at uh, Smarter Living, a story about parenting, uh, he's probably not going to accept it unless it's about optimization of parenting or something like that. Uh, 
your idea wasn't fully fleshed out. This is a big one. Uh, Don't expect editors to immediately hop onto your line of thinking and be able to put together and connect dots. Explain to them what you're getting at. Uh, Draw the connections. If an editor can't follow your line of thought from your pitch, they're not going to assign the article or the piece because they assume that the reader won't be able to follow along your your line of thinking either. Um, The timing wasn't right. If you decide to pitch an article about Halloween in March, the publication's going to be like, well, why don't you hold on to this until fall? Uh, That one's kind of a no-brainer. You didn't check the archive, and they've already covered it. This is a big one, like a really big one. So in in Google, you can search a website uh, by putting typing in site colon and then the URL of the website and just put in your story idea or keywords associated with your story idea. This is a really important uh, step for you to take because if they've already published an article dealing with your topic and especially with your particular angle, you're just wasting their time and they're going to think you don't know how to do research and they're going to wonder why you're pitching them Um, and it can be embarrassing. Uh, I've had this happen to me with comedy articles before but in my defense they had literally just accepted the comedy piece and it wasn't live on their site yet so I got kind of a pass for that but had I pitched a comedy piece and a piece with the same uh, situation or joke if it had gone up a few days before or something like that then I would have no excuse and I'd look ridiculous Uh, and the last one Herrera lists is your story is too low stakes or narrow Uh, you want to think scope reach and impact Uh, This is not to say that uh, a a personal story individualized isn't important or wouldn't uh, make a good story for a publication. It's just how you can connect the personal to the political or to uh, a a wider, wider audience. Is it emblematic of a trend going on right now? How does it connect to the world at large? So, and chances are um, an editor won't give you specific feedback about your pitch uh, if they reject it. Or if they do, it'll be pretty terse and may come off as a steer. It's easy to take this kind of response personally. Uh, don't. <laughs> I know that's easier said than done, but trust me, just don't. Uh, most of the time, editors have inboxes so full of emails and there's so much time in a day and they're already working on editing commission pieces that they already have slated to be published they're not trying to be rude they're just dashing off as quickly as possible uh, a response and honestly for all the editors who have ghosted gosh I would have preferred a 
no thanks, maybe next time. (laughs) To me, that is so much better than just waiting endlessly and not knowing if I could take a pitch elsewhere. Um, So so at this point, I'm actually pretty good at handling rejection. It doesn't bother me at all. Uh, But I can tell you about a fairly, well, I was going to say fairly recent, but it was last year, but... My most recent example of a a rejection, I took really, really personally. And (laughs) so, again, most of the time I'm pretty good at rejection, but I made the mistake of becoming extremely emotionally invested in a piece. I pitched to the cuts vertical. I think about this a lot uh, because it was quite literally something I think about a lot. Um, And... (laughs) So and I uh I had never pitched them before and I figured since it was personal essays uh on popular culture that I should write the piece first on spec and submit the piece. So I wrote the piece and I put a lot of effort into it and it was very personal to me about my favorite childhood movie, The Last Unicorn. There's this alcoholic skeleton in the middle of it and I wrote all about it and I I thought the piece was crafted really well and I was proud of it sent it in and the next day I got a response back that said hey I'm gonna pass on this but thanks for sending it in next time feel free to just pitch and I was so butthurt because I was like oh her telling me to just pitch was her way of saying oh gosh please don't make me read another one of these things I was like oh I thought I was so well and I was so upset uh and then like not two days later uh one of the writing groups I'm in someone mentioned that they had a piece recently rejected from I think about this a lot and she actually had sent the editor a follow-up email saying like oh hey I just wanted to know what what kind of pieces are you looking for for this vertical and the person responded and was like well, honestly, I want this to be kind of zany, you know, and fun and not necessarily like dark and like deep digging and personal and it's supposed to be fun. And that made me feel so much better because uh, it, it, my essay was kind of dark. It was about this alcoholic skeleton who's trapped for all of eternity in the bowels of this castle with this miserable king and <laughs> real existential. And uh, so that anecdote just goes to show that most of the time, uh, it's not personal when an editor rejects you. You just simply didn't write something that aligned with what what they were looking for. Uh, So I do urge you to check out Herrera's article uh, since it actually ends with a cold pitch example, uh, a real one that he accepted. And he talks about exactly why it worked for him and it's a great example uh so go to this episode's blog page and see that um start thinking of different publications you'd like to pitch uh your story idea and next time i'll walk you through a few of my own pitches that were placed and why they worked and maybe even things i would have done differently with the hindsight I have now. Um, All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. This is uh, just following up. This was kind of a long episode. 
So thanks for sticking around. I'll see you next time.